AAT Birds Weekly Report is the Eagle News, notes, and analysis you need. everybody welcome to an all-new opposition outlook here on the aat birds weekly report i am chip joined as always by johnny and kendall and tonight we are joined by the one the only clay harbor a nine-year nfl veteran a former philadelphia eagles tight end and i guess he played for the other, other guys too but he is the host of the bare minimum podcast clay thank you for joining us tonight man we appreciate it no, appreciate you guys having me on. I love the birds. I love the bears. It's the perfect, perfect talk to have right here, right before the game on Sunday. And I'm going to do my very best to refrain from doing the dub bears 106 times tonight. Um, just know it's probably going to happen, but let's get talking about dub bears right away. And I'm going to kind of go back to what we were talking about right before we went live. Um, we in Philadelphia were obviously, you know, we're trying to be cautiously optimistic because we are the best team in football. There's very little arguing about that. And of course, being a little bit optimistic, we go, Hey, maybe it's going to be a good game. It should be a good game offensively. You know, Justin Fields here and there. Clay, you seem to have some thoughts about the bears defense. Would you like to share what you think about the bears defense? Um, You didn't really mince words when you were talking before. This is the worst defense in the league, hands down. <laughs> uh, I know they're only fourth in points allowed at like 25 and some change, but like pro football focus, grade-wise, worst defense by far. My personal grade-wise, worst defense by far. This Bears defensive line is so bad. It, it has to be the worst D-line I've ever seen in my life. They're the worst in the league at in pass pro. They're giving up – they're getting – they're getting pressure, not talking sacks. They're getting pressure on less than 20% of the dropbacks. That's by far the worst in the league. They're also giving up 4.8 yards per carry on the rush. You can pick your poise and do whatever you want with them. Then you team that up against a Eagles offensive line. It's got Lane Johnson, who's ranked as pro football focus, second best tackle in the entire league. You got a you got Jason Kelsey playing like he's 23 years old. This guy was was playing when I was playing. Somehow he's mm-hmm. still I'm struggling to get out of bed in the morning. This guy's still playing NFL <laughs> football. The best center, the best interior lineman in the league, in my opinion. And and the whole line solid. And to me, that means Jalen Hurts gonna have a lot of time to throw the ball. The defensive backs for the Bears are getting some guys back. They're coming off a bye week. I mean, mm-hmm. if there was a script, I mean they're coming off a bye week, maybe they'll they they're rested up. I mean, that could be a thing. They come out and play well. They had Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon were both out for two weeks with concussions. They're both going to be back. Those are the Bears' two stud rookies. I'm not calling Kyler Gordon a stud. He's he's been kind of trash so far this year in coverage, at least. And I can't see him guarding Devontae 
or A.J. Brown, or even Quez Watkins. This guy can't cover anything. This guy couldn't cover me if I went out there and put a jersey back on. I'm not being – I'm being serious. I would feel confident that I could get open against this guy. Um, on the other side, you know, Jalen Johnson's pretty good. He's having a strong year. Eddie Jackson, the Bears stud safety, is out for the year. Um, Liz Frank, Jaquan Brisker is actually the real deal. He's a good safety Good mm-hmm. player back there. He's a little bit of liability in coverage. Does well in the box. In coverage, he's a liability. To me, what does that mean? That means the, the birds are going to have their way. They're going to do whatever they want, impose their will on this Bears defense. I like Jack Sanborn, the undrafted rookie, but you just got rid of Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. The only two guys they had in the defense that could do anything. So this defense is just horrendous. Well, and that's one of the questions I was going to kind of follow up on is the fact of you guys just kind of gave us – Robert Quinn for, in reality, peanuts. Like, it was another one of those Howie deals where he just kind of makes a deal and it's exceptional. Um, Now, obviously, it hasn't really panned out great for him here. But was that a more noticeable loss than people were expecting it to be? You know, it was because you didn't realize that how many double teams Robert Quinn was getting because they were getting a little bit more pressure because Travis Gibson – Dominique Robinson, people are like, wow, these guys are actually getting pressures. Robert Quinn isn't doing nothing. This guy didn't come close to the quarterback, but he was getting double teamed. So when you get rid of Robert Quinn, now there's nobody commanding double teams. So now everybody's sitting back and you get to pick which guy you want to go double team. And Travis Gibson and Dominique Robert and Dominique Robinson and um Al Quadine Muhammad haven't come close to the quarterback. To me, I'm are these are these guys allergic? To the quarterback, they have not come close to the quarterback at all after Robert Quinn left. So you get these yeah. guys; these guys can't cut. They haven't sniffed a sack. I don't even know if they've gotten a pressure. I mean, they I don't know if they've got a yard of push. It's been horrible. But I actually thought that was a good good deal for the Bears. They're not bringing okay. Quinn back. They're not bringing him back. There was eight games left in the season. You get a fourth round pick for eight games. Like to me, that was a steal for the Bears. They're not going anywhere. Then I know the Eagles wanted them for the run. You know, you're renting this guy for eight games, but right. a fourth-round pick? Like, people in Chicago were saying seven, and we, they got a fourth. So I thought that was a pretty decent deal for Robert, for uh, Ryan Poles, the Bears GM, first-year GM. So we'll see how it goes. If you can, you know, pull a rabbit out of a hat in the fourth round, but it was only for eight games. The Bears are out of the race. See what you can get for them. Yeah, the Eagles pulled a rabbit out of a hat in 2010 in the fourth round, right? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say that. I mean, you know, they, <laughs> you know, they had they had four fourth round picks. Here's a quiz for you guys. Name okay, Johnny will know. I guarantee. Name the other three fourth round picks in the 2010 Eagles draft. Oh, go ahead, Johnny. Oof, this is actually really good. Uh, he may he may stump me with this one. Of course, you, you had a Missouri State. We got that one. Um, one of them is a current offensive coordinator. Mike Kafka? Yep. Yeah. Northwest. Okay. Okay. We got two more. Was Jamar Chaney in there? He was no, sixth he was, round that year. He was later. Okay. These guys didn't play much. So you, I would be, I mean, they played. Oh, yeah. No special I wouldn't there. guess them. Oh, you must be looking it up. No, I, I, I guess Kafka, but I'm looking at it now. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> I don't know any of these. Trevard Lindley? Anybody? Uh, Trevard Lindley? I remember the name, but I don't remember the field time. You just said he didn't play. Keenan Clayton. Keenan Clayton, Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember those guys. They just. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was was it. Fifth round was Riley Cooper. Sixth round, Jamar Chaney. Seventh round, Ricky Sapp. 
We had uh, Charles Scott in the seventh round. You know who our first-round pick was that year, obviously? Danny Watkins. Brandon Graham. Well, yeah, BG. That's right, because everyone wanted Earl Thomas. Brandon Graham, Nate Allen, Daniel Taylor. Nate slept on. Yeah, Kurt Coleman. Even Kurt Coleman, too. That draft draft was great. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. People used to clown us for that draft. But anyways, I, I enjoyed all those guys and my time with the Eagles regardless. Which we'll, we'll probably yeah, bring let's, that up. Let's talk about later. your time with the Eagles a little. That's a, that's a good. Um, no, no, I want to bring it up now. I want to bring it up now. Let's let's segue because it was so good. Favorite memory as an Eagle? Miracle in the Meadowlands, part two, baby. I mean, that's easy. That's uh, win the division, Coach Reed. We go back to the locker room. We're going crazy. We dump the the barrel of water on Coach Reed. I remember everybody's jumping up and down, dump the <laughs> barrel of rod. Oh, let's go. He just Coach Reed looks pissed. Everybody stops. He grabs the water bucket. He throws it up in the air, and it has the those ceilings where you people used to like stick pencils in back in, mm-hmm. in high school, and the the barrel comes back down with half the ceiling. Everybody goes quiet. Then all of a sudden, everybody starts going crazy again with half <laughs> the ceiling down in the Giants locker room. That was a special memory that I'll always have. <laughs> now, the other question that year. Now, remember, I know I know you're gonna remember it, but Chip, do you remember? the first touchdown of that Tuesday night uh, game against the Minnesota Vikings. I don't, but I also vaguely remember that there even was a Tuesday night game. And I'm trying, was it the Joe? What was game. that? The they Joe Webb Joe Joe Webb Webb game. The person who scored that, the first touchdown in that game is, is on the screen and it's not one of us three. I mean, it probably was me. Let's, let's call it like it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but that's right. There was a Tuesday was night a- game against the Vikings where Joe Webb, Oh, yeah. oh I don't like any of those words. He got our ass, but he did. Uh, yeah, yeah that's that a Vic year was when he was uh when he was a MVP candidate. It's my rookie year. I remember we were driving down the field against the Packers, yeah. 2015 yard line. The Packers going to win the Super Bowl that year. We end up throwing a pick in the end zone, um, and lose by like five. I mean that was a hard t- that was a hard way to to go out that year. Yeah, Tremont Williams in the end zone. Pass intended for Riley Cooper. Yeah, yeah, good one. Yeah, Riley, Riley Cooper. I remember. I remember vividly. And we're just like, is it? Is this it? <laughs> the season's over. I couldn't like. I couldn't believe this happened. We all thought we were about to come back and win. It's like a, a destiny thing with Mike Vick coming in through the season, playing like he was. Mm-hmm. Crazy times. Then we had the Vince Young, obviously the um, <laughs> oh, God, dream team. Boys, listen to this, Vince Young. <laughs> On the first day he gets to the Eagles, nobody's even met him. He has his first <laughs> he has his first press conference. Okay. This guy hasn't even, we haven't practiced with him at all. And he's he just slips up and says dream team, right? And the media makes this huge media storm about this guy hasn't even met anybody on the team, okay? And like he's saying dream team. Like I thought the Miles Sanders thing, like this guy's the starting running back. He's been with the team. He says, like, also, I don't know what he said, dream team, all-star team. And there was nothing said about it. I think it's because on Twitter, you can like kind of like get out in front of it now. But yeah. Vince didn't even meet anybody. He's our backup quarterback. This guy's not even going to step on the field. And the whole the whole thing, oh, in the front page of the paper, the Eagles think they're the dream team. The dream team this, the dream team that. Bruh, Vince Young didn't even meet anybody yet. It was his first opening press conference. So they're going to try to make this a story. But I thought that – and that's all we heard all year. And I was like, dude, that's so lame that they turned that into something. What does that do for you guys as a team? Like, okay, he gets his press conference. He says the whole dream team thing. 
obviously you hear about it and then you meet the guy like how, how do you deal with that because you like again you you know he's got some kind of track record you know coming from college coming from Tennessee like he's a good player but again backup quarterback new to the team how do you deal with that as a locker room no I mean it was nobody really cared in the locker room it was just all the media trying to make it into something it was wasn't. right but uh Vince was I mean dude Vince was a good guy that guy was freaking hilarious. He, I was in the huddle with him in preseason, and he was calling some plays that I'm like, where did you even get that? Like he's not calling the play. He one time we we go in the huddle. It's a preseason, and he goes play pass left. Okay, if you guys don't understand, like NFL plays aren't called like that. It's like green right three seven three Y stick X go, you know Z drag on three. You know, pop maybe possible check audible. Vince literally comes in the huddle and he goes, Man, I don't know, play pass left. <laughs> we go, Vince, we don't even have a fucking formation. Excuse my language. What are you talking about? Play pass left. Give us a formation at least. So we're all sitting there like, okay, play pass left. This is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. And we just ran a, a stupid play pass. Nobody knew what they were doing. Nobody knew the route they were supposed to run. And Vince ended up r- scrambling and running for a touchdown. <laughs> That's the crazy. Oh they go play pass left, and this guy scores a touchdown celebrating. I'm like, dude, this guy is wild, man. Just play pass left. Just draw it in the sand. Let this guy go. But Vince Young was um, he was hilarious, man. The guy was a character. Well, you know what they call that now? That's the that's the Baker Mayfield playbook. Oh yeah, where, where he he doesn't even put on a practice jersey, and all of a sudden he's starting and winning a game in the NFL. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I I mean I always prided myself on being a guy that could pick up an offense, but I gotta learn. I gotta worry about one position. Okay, most yeah. of the time I'm blocking the, the defensive end or the outside linebacker in a right. different way. You know, okay, maybe you know, obviously get the routes and. uh like I got released by the um, my, when I got released by the Eagles, Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know, I go through all they moved me to wide receiver. I was in linebacker. Oh they moved God. me to wide receiver, and um, you know, we're gonna keep you. We're gonna keep you. I'm the very last. You know, start losing the weight. So I'm the very last cut of uh, 2013, and uh, Jaguars were first in the waiver wire. So I. Uh, I get signed by the Jaguars and they go out there like, Oh, we're going to bring you on slowly. We got a couple, you know, tight ends. We're going to have a couple plays for you. They're cool. That day in practice, Mercedes Lewis tears his calf and he's out for six weeks. So, Hey, well, Clay, we're going to, you know, you're going to have to start this week. So we're playing against the Kansas city chiefs who happened to be Andy Reed's team. He had just uh-huh. went to the Kansas city yep. chief, Tom Melvin, Doug Peterson, offensive coordinator, the whole crew is over there. And I got to practice on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Next thing you know, sat Sunday, first play of the game, I'm running around. I end up catching a week later, I get cut. I end up catching a 15 yard pass, the first play of the season for the Jets. And that was probably the only positive play we had all game. And the Chiefs <laughs> just kicked our hind parts that game and uh, <laughs> caught a 15 yard pass against my old coach in a Jacksonville Jaguars jersey. And I just remember thinking, like, wow, man, this is freaking crazy. <laughs> like, I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Like, look at my jersey. It's like teal. I'm like, dude, it was like a week ago. I was an Eagle. I hadn't been, you know, I have three years. I was number two to Brent. Next thing you know, I'm in the Jaguars and um, end up having four good years there. And I enjoyed my time with Jacksonville and uh, the Jags. But uh, that was one of those moments where it's like, hey, you got to learn this book fast. You got to learn it quick. 
But for me, that's easy. When you're a guy like Baker Mayfield, who has to learn all the plays, it, it, it's pretty, pretty incredible. You know, and I kind of, you know, bringing it up to young quarterbacks, you know, you're, you were used to be a young player. And of course, Baker Mayfield was a young player, you know, a high draft pick. Look at Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, high draft pick, young player, all the skill in the world. Now, it seems like they've kind of, you know, let him be a little bit more of a playmaker type right now, uh, especially with the way the offense is. You know, Darnell Mooney is out for the year. Uh, you know, Cole Komet's kind of been uh, a little bit of his go-to guy, and he's been able to run the ball. And do you think that – now, the Chicago Bears are going to have a ton of cap space. Do you think that they need to get kind of what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts, get a playmaker or two on the outside to help his game – Go to that next level. What Howie was able to do with AJ Brown, man. Do you guys understand how big of a move that was? Like at this point, like yep. that's like that might be one of the best moves that I can remember in the history. Like of I'm not trying to just be extra right now, you know, on the Eagle, but like the team without AJ Brown is drastically different. Am I right? Agreed. Agreed. Like, who what is this team without AJ Brown? Right, it's just so different. The way he was able to do that is incredible. Would they get Traylon Burks for freaking AJ Brown? Like that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's like a, a late third round pick. A late third round pick. So I mean, that's incredible. What he's able to do. But for Justin Fields, here's how the season has went. The first six games, the Bears averaged 15 points a game. Okay. Mm-hmm. They went into a Thursday night football game, then they had a Monday night football game, so it was a pseudo-bye week. So they come back from that game, and you start seeing them. And I almost fell to my chair when they said this, they, you know, after, after that game. And so the next game, I think the Patriots, I don't know who they played, but the next seven games, they've averaged 25 points. Went from 15 to 25, 10-point difference after that pseudo-bye week. They came out of the bye week, and after that first game, you, you hear Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator, it's like, yeah, we we looked at our at our uh, quarterback, and you know, we figured we'd we'd run the ball more. So I said, what? What? You, you kidding me? Justin Fields is 6'3", 225. People don't realize that. I was at training camp. I walked on the field next to this guy. You know, this is Justin Fields. I thought he was like six foot, six foot one, like skinny. Yeah. This guy looks like a tight end. He's a big dude. Cole Komet too. You're talking about Cole Komet. How big would you guys think Cole Komet is without looking at the stats? I'm going to say 6'7". Six, seven. Seven. Oh. Six, 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 you know, I thought he was 6'3". I thought he was like my size, you know, 6'3", 250. The guy's 6'6", 265, 270 pounds. Well, this guy looks like the guy from Happy Gilmore. I believe that belongs <laughs> to Mr. Gilmore. You know, come back here. I'll be waiting for you in the parking lot. <laughs> yes, this guy's massive. But after that pseudo-bye week, they change it to a Baltimore Ravens-type offense. That's yep. the offense you're seeing now. You're seeing a lot of design runs now. You're getting the extra blocker because the quarterback's running. Last week, you didn't see that against the Packers because he had a separated shoulder. Now we have a bye week. Now I think you'll get back to that Baltimore Ravens-style offense. You're seeing Justin Fields just take off. He went from being the 32nd graded passer to now he's in the top 10 these past six games Mm -hmm. on PFF and everything. Passer. Last week or two weeks ago, he was the highest graded passer on pro football focus. Obviously, you hear about the running ability, but before the bye week against the Packers, the highest graded passer in the NFL that week was Justin Fields. 
This guy has everything, and he's throwing the ball to us for, basically. I mean, we're basically his receiving <laughs> core out there. That's who he's got. I mean, Chase Claypool still don't know the plays. I think he's a guy that can come along. I haven't seen enough from him. I don't think he's going to be getting getting open against Bradbury or Slay. Right. But after that, you got Dante Pettis. Guy can run a couple routes. I mean, he's a, he's a nice player, can run some routes. But, I mean, he's not starting on any team in the league besides the Bears. Byron Pringle, haven't seen much of him. He's been hurt. He's back now. Former Kansas City Chief last year. Made a good uh, touchdown grab a couple weeks ago. But is he getting open against these Eagles DBs? No. After that, I mean, Mooney's hurt. You got Komet, Cole Komet. He's not a guy that's going to get open unless you're in his own and he finds a spot. I mean, I, I had high hopes for him after watching training camp. Big guy. He's not going to get open against man-to-man coverage. It's not him. I mean, he's like a Brent Selleck type tight end. He's going to okay. catch the ball. He's he's going to block well. Great blocker. But he's not like a game-breaking Dallas Goddard that's going to go and get open against man-to-man coverage. So Justin Fields literally has no weapons. Cleo Herbert could be back. We don't know yet. David Montgomery's okay. I mean, he's a short yardage guy. He'll get a yard here, yard here, break some tackles. But, I mean, he's he's carrying a piano on his back when he hits the open field. He's got no breakaway speed. Khalil Herbert, very good, explosive. Love mm-hmm. Herbert. And the Bears' offensive line has improved. They started the season at ranked 32nd on PFF. Um, and now they're ranked top 10. They're 10th, 10th best, best in the league. But this Eagles defensive line, some dogs. The Eagles, I looked up and this. We just keep getting today. them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The Eagles are the only team with five different linemen to have over 28 pressures this year. That's incredible. Damn. That's incredible. What do you um? What do you think is the uh, the Bears' best game plan to go into this game? Like when the when the Eagles lost to the Commanders, like the Commanders, you know, had time possession. They had what 40 minutes of possession. That's that's how that's how they beat them. What do the Bears need to do to, like, give them a similar situation where they have a chance? Honestly, I mean, I don't know how the defense stops them. I don't think – I mean, unless the Eagles just make mental errors and they just come out and they're looking forward to Dallas Christmas Eve. Like, maybe the Eagles – they would have to stop themselves. The Bears are – they're going to run a deep cover two. They're not going to do anything crazy. They're going to try to keep the game in front of them. And Jalen Hurts isn't a quarterback you can do that against anymore. Maybe last year that works. Right. They can make some mistakes. Now you got now you got AJ Brown. Now Hurts is much better. Hurts is showing that he's an MVP caliber player that can make the the, the the plays in the pass game and the run game. For the Bears to win, you obviously need a her, her, Herculean. Is that how they say it? Uh, mm-hmm. Effort from Herculean effort from Justin Fields. Field is going to have to run for 150. He's going to have to throw for two. Chase Claypool is going to have to have some big, big grabs. Montgomery will have to have a big game. They're going to have to have to run the ball. They're going to have to. Justin Fields is going to have to get third down after third down with his legs. You know, love TJ Edwards, but if you're spying him with TJ, TJ's not that fast. And no. TJ's one of the best linebackers in the league. He's just not fast enough to keep up with a four-four speed quarterback. But then again, the Eagles have been playing against Jalen Hurts all training camp, all offseason, so they're kind of used to a guy that can run. Obviously, Fields has another gear than Hurts in the run game, but still, like I mean, it's not, like if there's one guy or besides Lamar Jackson, I mean, Jalen Hurts is, is the other guy that can do the things that, that Justin Fields can do. And all right, so looking at this this Bears situation, I mean, 
you go into the team you, you, this season, you have some players that are pretty good. I mean, Khalil Herbert had a couple of weeks where he was dominant. You know, now he's he's back. He's on IR. You know, you have uh, you have a St. Brown, not the good St. Brown. You got the equanimous. Um, is there any concern with, you know, replacing coaching? Is this season a disappointment? And now, I mean, you're looking and you're seeing that, you know, Justin Fields is even day-to-day with an illness. You know, it, what is kind of the next step for this team based on what has happened this season? Nobody's worried about the coaches right now. And the thing is, the last several games, you can see the improvement, even though they haven't right. been winning. Like the teams, you, you've been in games, you can see the offense improvement. You just you got to get the defense. And obviously, there's some – you got to get some weapons for fields. But there hasn't been a, you know, fire the coach type deal. Like Good. Whatever, and people don't look at it like that. The Bears are like the the fans want the Bears to lose. They want to get a high draft pick, which is sad, but that's what they're looking for. They want to. The fans want the Bears to lose at a high pick, top three pick, or the third pick right now. But the the flip side of that, the Bears got an extra second round pick for Roquan, but they gave away their yeah. second round pick for Chase Claypool. Now that's the thirty fourth pick in the draft. That's a high pick. That's damn near a first round pick for Chase Claypool. Yep. So the fans are there. They're seeing the improvement. Everybody's happy because they're seeing Justin Fields has progressed. And that mm-hmm. was the main thing for the Bears this year. Now everybody's just looking forward to next year if they can put some weapons around field and kind of do something that the Eagles did. And obviously the Eagles were a playoff team, but now the Bears want to go from being here to make the playoffs. Yes, the Eagles okay. went from, you know, making the playoffs to being the best team in the league right now. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, looking at the Chicago Bears and looking how the team is constructed – you know, they have their, their quarterback of the future. So that top three pick to me would be the defensive side of the ball, a Jalen Carter, a Will Anderson, a pass <laughs> yeah, rusher. If they're there, yeah. If they're there, that would be the main the main thing to uh, target for them. Um, Easy. But again, you look at this division, the Minnesota Vikings and the Packers and the Lions, It a good offseason, a good draft, it wouldn't surprise me to see the bears, you know, in the playoff hunt next year, you know, maybe not, you know, division, but in the, one of those last couple spots, just, you know, look, look at what a team like Detroit. Yeah. They've a couple of years. Yeah. They've struggled early, but then they started coming on. They have the offense. They just don't have the defense, but something along the lines, especially with the, the way the NFC is, the NFC isn't, you know, it isn't like what it was with a lot of these teams struggling. These other quarterbacks getting older. Uh, I know Tom Brady is, you know, defeating he's going, he's going to retire at some point, right? Like we can all, he he's going to retire at some point. Yeah. I don't know, but I I just feel like they're, they're close. If they make the, the, this off season is their, their key to then get to that next step. Yeah. It's a big off season. I mean, the, the the scary thing for me is looking at Detroit lions right now. Mm -hmm. This team has an offense. This team's coming alive. Jared Goff's looking like he can be a quarterback and now they don't even need a quarterback. Aiden Hutchinson's going to keep getting better. Um, the good St. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, Swift. I mean, they got a team, man. They got a team. The Lions they are the they are the best losing record team I have ever seen. They're well, a good team the that doesn't win games. 10 and 2 Vikings. They come in, everyone's like, oh, they shouldn't be the favorites. Okay, we'll see. They beat them. My friend's like, yo, should I take this game? I go, no. I go, that's a trap game. The, the, the Lions are probably going to win. Like, oh man, it's 10 and 2 versus 5. I know the Lions are playing very well. 
Mm-hmm. So the Lions and the Vikings. I think the Vikings, I mean, they're gonna they're one of the better teams in the NFC right now, which is crazy. But they are. If the Lions are Lions are one of the best teams, but I don't even think they're gonna make the playoffs because they started off so slow. Right. So you got the Vikings and you got the Lions, and then obviously the Packers. What's what's up with Aaron Rodgers? Jordan Love's once out once out of Green Bay if if he's not the starting quarterback now to the Packers. I don't blame him. I don't blame him, but Jordan Love doesn't have really anything on tape. So I think he's also asking a bit much before he has a chance. Yeah, they're gonna have to get rid of him, or you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't gonna retire because he's got 50 million reasons not to for one year. I can get through a lot of stuff for 50 million. A lot Same. of stuff, guys. 50, 50 million, <laughs> like, dude, for a year, like okay, it's like, an absurd I'll, number. I'll get sacked, you know. I don't care. Like uh, I'll go home, like just no oh, one year, 50 million, fine. You know, as long as he doesn't retire, they're gonna pay him that money. So he's got to be there, unless Aaron Rodgers. Just, oh, I don't need the 50. You guys keep it. I'm out. So he looks like he's declining. I think the division is up for grabs, but the Lions are yeah. looking really good, and the Vikings obviously are having a good year. Yeah. So what I want to do now is, you know, we'll wrap it up here. I want to get your lock, your Uleka lock of the week. So what you think is going to happen. It doesn't have to be this game. It could be any game in the NFL. Um, what you think is going to happen. Uh, and then if you want to give us uh, a prediction or if you don't want to give a prediction, give like a key to the game that you're looking for. All right, I'll stick in the NFC East, and I'm calling an upset that okay. you guys probably are going to be shocked to hear, but I think the Jaguars are going to upset Dallas. Okay. I like that, look, Dallas is looking yes, sir. Dallas is looking at the Eagles. Jalen Hurts isn't the MVP. Michael Parsons, you know. Why are you talking about Jalen Hurts right now? You're even a game away, bro. Like yep. focus on your focus on your the Jaguars this week. They're coming off a big win against Tennessee. Obviously, Tennessee got drummed by the Eagles. Jags coming to beat Tennessee. Trevor Lawrence playing good. Christian Kirk playing well. Evan Ingram just had 160 yards and two touchdowns and 11 catches last week. You get that guy going, he runs a 4-3-40 at tight end. Okay, the Jaguars are dangerous. Zay Jones, they got a decent running back. Travis Etienne is quick. That defense is weak as well. But with, with Doug, Doug Peterson calling the plays and Trevor Lawrence, I think Dallas is on upset alert for sure. And then the, the certainty, the, the most certain thing that I can tell you guys that I've ever been like, the Eagles are going to win this game. I don't know. Maybe the Bears can pull within seven. The spread's like nine, I think. But the Eagles are going to win. So, I mean, I don't care. They're, in, my, in my eyes, I mean, it has to be – I've watched a lot. I've been to a bunch of Eagles games. I've watched the Bears. I think it's like a .03%, like not even a 1% chance the Bears win. That's how confident I am. I know it's the NFL. Not for long. <laughs> Anything can happen. Any given Sunday, the Eagles are going to win this game. But the thing about it that makes me even laugh about you're giving them that much of a chance is when we asked you a little while ago, hey, what are your keys to the game? And I kind of take it, or what's the way that the Bears could win this game? And your answer, which goes against every NFL coach in the history of the NFL, is the other team has to mess up. Like, if you're the head coach of the Bears right now, you go, I think of the scene from The Waterboy where he comes out of the locker. Anybody got any bright ideas? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm cool with that. I'm fine if that's that's the go-to. So, real quick, I I know you do a podcast uh, for the Bears, so why don't you plug that a little bit, talk about what you do uh, behind the microphone now. 
Absolutely. So I've been doing a lot of work with, uh, with in Bears media because I live in Chicago. And uh, I got a job working for CBS Sports in Chicago, and I, I do post-game shows there. I've done like four. Uh, we got one coming up next week. And uh, the director of sports, a good buddy of mine, we've uh, partnered with a couple of local restaurants, and they're sponsoring a podcast for us called uh, The Bear Minimum. So, yeah, we just started a few weeks ago and basically talking bears. Uh, me and me and my buddy Marshall Harris, who's actually a Philadelphia guy, came mm-hmm. from Philly, and now he's in um, in Chicago. We, we just talk all bears football, and it's pretty fun. It's a new thing, and we keep it going, obviously, and just, just talk bears, have fun. We have guests on. We had uh, – PFF Mike, Mike Renner on a week ago. We've had David Kaplan, a big Chicago sports guy, um, Jacob Afanti, a draft guy. And then um, we got a former Eagle coming on um, on Friday. Uh, Trey Burton uh, is coming on nice. to talk some uh, some Bears. He played for the Bears, played for the Eagles. So I think he was a perfect guest. And we're going to be talking to him Friday about the game. Um so yeah, just talking bears, man. If you guys have any, you know, have any interest, I know this is a bird's pod, but you want to hear anything about the bears, man. Uh, we'll, we always talk a little bit about the Eagles because it's one of my former teams and Marshall used to cover them. So we always talk a little bit about the birds. Come check us out. Yeah, absolutely. Before we let you go, I know some of the people listening, specifically my wife in the other room, we have to ask you a little bit about the bachelor. Oh, absolutely. Let's go. Um, so I know. And for those of you who are here for the, you know, elaborate football talk. Give us a couple minutes here. So, <laughs> so talk to me about how that whole thing came to be. Talk to me about your experience on there. I mean, it's it's kind of unique. You don't see a lot of NFL football players on that high profile of a show um, having nothing to do with football at all. So I'm, I'm definitely curious about it. I love how you're throwing it on your wife, Chip. I know it was probably you, man. You're the one who had her watching The Bachelor. <laughs> Hey, hold on. Let's I, grab, the, grab the line. We're watching Bachelor. <laughs> grab the popcorn. <laughs> yeah, we're watching Bachelor. Oh, I can't believe you broke up with her. Yeah. No, it was uh, – they just randomly hit me up, man. It was uh, – and my agent was like, yo, do you want to do this show? And no, I'm thinking it's near the end of my career. I keep getting hurt. I'm like, oh, I knew who Jesse Palmer was and, like, Jordan Rogers, <laughs> and I thought it could be, like, a good opportunity to get into some other industries, you uh-huh. know, kind of get your name and face out there a little bit more. A lot of NFL players, and I know talking football is fun, but it's also hard if you're not an MVP or a Hall of Famer. Sure. If you want to get with like a big network, so I thought that it might be a way for me to uh, separate myself and and to, to lead to several different industries. So that's basically what I did. And I ended up going on the show, and it was. I mean, would I do it again? No. Looking back, <laughs> probably a dumb decision. No, thank you. But I made some good friends, and I'm still friends with a lot of the guys now. And, you know, there's a lot of cool, like, events and people you meet just from that mm-hmm. space, that reality space. And everybody's kind of friendly with each other, and they know each other because you're from a reality TV show, and it's like this industry. But I always I always like the athlete uh, stuff more. You know, you just have a bunch yeah. of guys that are, you know, love talking about the old days, playing football and that thing. And, um, you know, for me – it's funny now, you know, you play nine years in the NFL, your whole career in college. When I go around, I'm outside or somebody recognizes me. So I was like, wait, you're, you're that guy from the bachelor. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I want to be known for. Thank I'm you so like, much. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Like, Oh my God, man, that was awesome. You're on the bachelor, but yeah, you know, it was fine. It was a fun, you know, it was a fun little deal, but, uh, 
let me know if you guys got anybody you want to go on. I'm so cool with some of the producers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do have one, one thing to say. Like I said, I know you're doing your, you know, your podcast and everything, all that. You know, if you ever need any help with any overlays or anything, don't be hesitant. Always, you know, drop by. I'm always willing to help anything graphic wise. Anything oh, like man, that. yeah, I'm going to hire you as my graphic designer because I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Like, I'm trying to figure this stuff out on the go. You just, like, you just made the all time uh, Eagles tight end flyer that went out um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Fucking yeah, love every, it, man. Awesome. Every week, every week's a position. This week, it's going to be the offensive tackles dropping on Saturday. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's dope. But uh, they said just whatever, whatever you need. I'm always willing to help. It's real easy. I, I, I taught myself, and it's real quick, so it doesn't take much time at all. So, no, I, I, no, I love the aesthetic, man. It looks great. And um, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely uh, hit you, you an email about that on the, on the, on the gram. On the gram. Good. Absolutely, yeah. man. Clay, hey, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Um. We're going to say go birds as we, we send you away. And then we're going to talk a little more. We have to make our own picks. Stop bears. <laughs> Who would you take? Coach Ditka versus the hurricane. <laughs> Ditka by three. What if Ditka was the hurricane? Oh, Ditka by seven. Ditka or God? Trick question. Ditka Trick is Trick question. God. Ditka <laughs> is God. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right, Clay, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, we'll be talking to you, and then uh, we're going to keep you going after we play this little commercial in between things. So don't go I anywhere. Appreciate you guys having thank me. Thank you. Here. Later, fellas. Later. AAT Sports Network is brought to you by Vinny's Pizza and Restaurant, located in Allentown off the Iroquois Trail. Visit them at Vinny'sPizzaPA.com today. Stuff to the Grills. Also located in Allentown, off the Iroquois Trail, offers a unique twist on the traditional sandwich shop. They will cater to your every need. www.stufftothegrills.com And get your grub on. Stone Distillery. Crafted cocktails assembled the way you want. Located in the Trolley Barn at 116 East Broad Street in Quakertown. They relax and have a cocktail, and you should too. So, a lot to do there. My wife is currently debriefing Bachelor style because that was the most important part of that interview for her. Well, I think that she's actually probably going to be going on the show now, so you may need to find a new place to live. Um, so, you know, you're the one that opened up. You opened up the can. You're going to have to, you know, I know, eat it cold. It's football and the Bachelor. I'm going to mute this while you continue talking, Johnny. Okay. So, I want to bring a question up to you, Kendall. Um, looking at this game. And I know we were worried about some of us were worried about the giants. I don't really think we can say that we're really worried about Chicago. Can we? Yeah. I mean, if you look on paper, like this mm-hmm. is so like lopsided. Um, and but where it really starts is in the trenches. Like we're just going to dominate them up front. And the only scenario where I think this goes wrong is if Justin Fields just runs for like 200 yards against us, which is very much possible because like he's not going to pass. He's just not going to do that because he won't have time to do that because his offensive line is terrible. Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat have been playing crazy. So uh, if our if our backers don't have a spy or don't contain, that's the only way this like game gets out of hand. 
Otherwise, it's going to be a 28-0 ball game by the second quarter. The concern that you mentioned, though, about the idea of spying him, the problem is is that he is so fast. So he's got that that Michael Vick, that Lamar Jackson, that that next-level speed where even if we do have spies, our linebackers aren't necessarily quick enough to get him. Kayvon Wallace. Okay, we're going to talk about why he's already being replaced in just a second. Um, But I do – I would be cons- – my only concern, the only way that I do feel the bear win is that if we give him extra large lanes or we press him too deep into the pocket and he has the ability to step up into those open spaces. I agree. The only way the Bears are winning this game is if he runs for an obscene amount of yardage. But be- that being said, this Eagles team is firing all cylinders. I don't want to go the route of saying that it's going to be – impossible for the bears to win because then we're doing that overconfident thing. Then we're looking past them to Dallas, but I will say that the, the chances for the bears to win are slim to none. Yeah. And uh, the way that I look at too, you know, you're talking about the pass rush, talking about controlling uh, Justin field. You don't, what you don't want to do is a lot of rushing it and rushing inside, giving that open right. lane to the outside. You don't want to be doing that, which uh, I do know that Hassan Reddick does do time to time, but I don't know what kind of defense and what and what the scheme is going to be with Jonathan Gannon, how they're going to deploy it. Are they going to have Kaiser White somewhat spy? Are they going to have a 5-2 front? Are they going to have a lot you know, to be able to kind of contain the outside, keep him in the pocket, make him throw? Because this offensive line for Chicago is 30th in the NFL. It's given up 44 sacks this season. The Eagles are first in the NFL with 49 sacks. Um, and just so bad. But, but they are. And the other thing was Justin Fields holds the ball. I think he's one yep. of the, the top quarterbacks with the longest time holding the ball. Try to, yeah, you know, he, they try to go deep. They try to make those big shot plays uh, in the passing game. But if the offensive line isn't able to hold their ground, Hassan Reddick and Brandon mm. Graham and Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox, all these guys, are they able to get pressure, especially pressure up the middle? It's going to be a long day, but I do expect Justin Fields to get his rushing yards. He's going to be able to run the ball a little bit, but the thing about it is the turnovers. If they're going to turn the ball over, this game may be over in the first quarter. (laughs) I wonder if we'll see any um, Kobe Dean since the Bears are such – run heavy why wouldn't you put in dean i mean he looked incredible when he played against titans a little bit so i would love to see more more dean and less white on obvious rundowns but obviously it's not i i i agree in, in in a different situation i would like to see that more um we've had years recently where it's been hey, you know what? We're not going places. Let's do developmental type games. We should be playing the young guys and letting them get these game reps. This isn't that anymore. Right now, Kaiser White is going to be one of the team leaders in tackles, and he's going to continue to do it. I don't want to mess with what works. That's why even when you know we were playing in the last game and we went up a lot. And what did Gannon do for an entire drive? He played way off coverage. He played way off the line. He played the sticks defense again. And what happened? They marched right down the field and scored. What happened the next drive? He went back to what works, which was putting the pedal to the metal, foot to the throat. I do not want to mess with what works um, just for the sake of reps. Now, Nicobe Dean is playing very well when he gets this opportunity. But I'm okay with that opportunity coming in mop-up time. 
Yeah, same thing with looking at the other young players. So, you know, I understand that, you know, but Nicobe Dean seems like anytime he's on the field, he's making plays. His name's being called. He's making tackles. And I want to see what they kind of do because, unfortunately, Aaron Sippis, the punter, was put on IR. Uh, a couple, I'll, I'll talk about a couple of the moves that were made. And Reed Blankenship isn't as bad as originally thought, which is great news. Uh, he'll probably be got, uh, out maybe between two to three weeks around that. Uh, he's not going to go on IR. So they signed Brett Kern, a uh, former Tennessee Titans punter, uh, a veteran. Uh, they a good punter, him, yep. Mm-hmm. And they signed uh, Anthony Harris, who was with the, the the familiarity with it. Did they sign um, Anthony Harris to the active roster? No, they both were they signed, signed both into the practice squad, but they will both be elevated. Yeah, they probably will both. There's some maneuvering that they have to do still because Dallas well, Goddard, 21-day window was was brought up. So the thing the thing about it is there's an open roster spot. So There is one? I don't, there is an open roster. I just – my thing about I don't know if they want to get release or waive um, Tyree Jackson to expose him to waivers for him to get claimed. Um, so he hasn't done good, anything. Good, I don't care either way. Maneuvering that needs to be done because my feeling on it is Christian Ellis needs to be on the active roster. The guy makes well, nothing but plays on special teams. We gotta get uh, Chauncey back. Gotta get Goddard back, and mm-hmm. well. In the playoffs, you can have like all the um, elevations you want. Like, there's no limit. So, I mean, we can have guys still on the practice squad, but I mean, Christian Ellis is going to need to be called up. Um, I don't know what the plan was with Anthony Harris, but he is probably going to need to be called up if Chauncey isn't healthy by then. So, yeah, and they're going to do some maneuvering. The other thing, uh, Kyron Johnson had a shoulder. I don't know if he's. You know, possibly goes on IR. There, there's moves to be made. They'll do what they what they're gonna do. Um, my feeling with Dallas Goddard, I, I'd rather see him his first game back be the Dallas, Dallas team on yeah, Christmas Eve, yeah. not the Chicago, not this game. Um, that's just my feeling on that. Uh, give him another week to kind of get himself, uh, you know, back into you know, you, know, you say game shape, but get him get himself back into you know that extra. Give him like give him like six or seven snaps and get him off. Yeah. Even if you don't even have to, because because Calcaterra and Stoll have been playing really well, and the they've been playing fine. Exactly. And that's, for for me, like the fact, like you mentioned, Tyree Jackson, if he couldn't make a difference when Dallas Goddard was out, he's never at this point. He's not ready to make a difference on where this team is now. Same thing. If they were still a developmentally based team, fine. But I think that exposing him to waivers, I'm okay with it at this point. Yeah, they. They like him as a developmental prospect. He's a young kid, a big, mm-hmm. sure tight end um, that could potentially block and you know along the lines of that. So again, they're going to maneuver the way that they need to to get everything uh, back into shape. But one thing that Clay said that I was going to bring up, but I didn't, um, when you're talking about his lock of the week, and it can gear it'll it'll this will you know, push us into our locks of the week. But I want to talk about his lock of the week, Jacksonville beating Dallas uh-huh. and the one thing with Jacksonville, they do have playmakers on the outside, you know, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, like he mentioned, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Jr. Travis Etienne. The thing with Dallas, it's their secondary. Their secondary yeah. is 
it's weak right now because they lost Jordan Lewis a few weeks ago. They just lost uh, Anthony Brown two weeks ago, both on IR. Uh, they signed Mackenzie Alexander, the practice squad, who hasn't played all year. They had Kendall Sheffield on the practice squad, and they just claimed Trayvon Mullen, who was cut by Arizona. Can't find a spot on Arizona, and you know, I, I a buddy of mine's a Raiders fan and said that he's not very good. So, again, they're they're desperate in their secondary, and when they go against a team, again, they were playing a Houston team that were down three of their starting receivers. So. Again, it wouldn't be surprising if they do lose or if it is a battle and it's a high-scoring game. Uh, that's just my feeling on that. Um, but, hey, I, I mentioned it on our on our post-game recap show. We did pretty well on our locks of the week. Uh, this past week. Uh, every single one of them were right. Uh, to recap, if you guys didn't catch the recap show, the uh, Kendall had over 400 yards of offense, which it, it did do. Uh, Chip had Scott with the touchdown, which not that late, but he got it. And then I Kyle Sanders, two total touchdowns. So all of those hit, which were, we're doing. I feel well. like that's the first time that's ever happened where everyone hits their locks. You know what? You, you may be right there. Um, I think that is something I don't think that we've, we've done all of us. I know one or two of us have, but not every single one of us, but this brings us to the locks of this week go ahead kendall start off with you i'm gonna go with justin fields to fumble twice Ooh, okay now just fumbles and if they recover just just fumbles in general or fumbles lost let's just do fumbles in general yeah okay justin fields two fumbles chip i am looking at this epic dolphins bills game and I am going to say that there is going to be a combined at least 75 points scored. You do know it's supposed to snow a lot. Yep. What game is this? I didn't say the Bills versus the Dolphins. Uh, oh, we're not all going to hit our, our locks this week. Thanks a lot, Chip. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they're going to get a few inches of snow, so I'm going to go up there and measure. But um, no, uh, darn. So my lock of the week, uh, a little more reasonable than Chip's lock of the week um, in a snowstorm. Watch, I'm going to be the one that hits, and you feel like real sack of crap. <laughs> if you do hit, I will give you the floor, and you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Um. My lock of the week is I'm going to not – I don't want to go with this game. I want to go with the Sunday night game. The Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. God. And I am going to say the New York Giants will beat Washington. They will get the win. They tied last time they played. Uh, I think there was a little bit of looking ahead in terms of the Giants with that game coming up. I'm going to say the Giants – will get the W on Sunday Night Football at the dump in Landover. So, with that, now we go into our predictions. And I'm going to start with you, Chip. What is your prediction for this game? I think it's going to be ugly. I, I really do. I don't want to say it's going to be as ugly as some of the games that we've seen recently. I think that... 
No, you know what I do? I do. I do. I, I was again, I said at the beginning of the show, I'm trying to talk myself into some being reasonable. Um, but I just can't. This Bears team is not good. So I have us with a 40 to 21 victory. Okay, 40 to 21. Kendall. 33-13 birds. 33-13. I like that. I like that. Um <laughs> I'm somewhat close to you, Kendall. I have 31 to 14. Close. Uh, I just think the Eagles will be able to get to a lead. Uh, I think Garner Minshew will be able to play a little bit in the game. Uh, so you're going to see a little bit of the backups be able to play a little bit. But uh, unfortunately, I, the Bears just talent-wise, they're just not there yet. Uh, they have a dynamic quarterback. But again, uh, you can only do so much with what he has around him and they, again what clay said we started off the defense and how bad the defense is and you know i could throw up some names that you guys may not even know matt adams armand watts of course he said travis gibson nicholas morrow deandre houston carson there's you know kindle vildor there's there's names on there that you're like okay i don't know who that is uh but I, unfortunately i think this Eagles offense is going to be able to put it to them. And the game may be over by halftime. Um, but, again, this team is not looking ahead. And, and I love uh, – Yep, we wrap I love up, everything that's coming out. I, I want to bring it up. You know, what this team – you know, Jordan Mailata, what J- Jalen Hurts said. Jalen Hurts kind of got mad in the press conference because they kept bringing up about the Micah Parsons – uh, segment with Von Miller on Von Cast or whatever uh, his podcast or whatever is called, and he got he got mad because he goes, "You can ask any questions about uh, Chicago because it's going to be a dogfight," and, and he's focused. That's what he is focused on. He's focused on Chicago, and that's what this team is focused. It's just like they're laser focused to that opponent that they have right now. Well, you remember this happened a couple of weeks. Ago. I want to say it was the Arizona game where. He went through a whole interview and they didn't ask a single question about the team that we were playing. And he's like, I feel like it was the Arizona game. Um, But he flat out was like, we're not going to have another, like, we're going to ask questions about the team that we're playing. We're not taking anybody for granted. Like, okay. And we're not going to have another one like this. And sure enough, he held true to it. Like, I don't care about the Cowboys this week. In the NFL, it is tough to win a game. And we're talking about the Bears this week. Yeah, Adam has it fifty to thirteen Eagles. So Again, I, there's a chance. <laughs> I I won't have any issues with that. But uh, no, none. I would absolutely love that. I, I like I like those kind of games. But you know what this team has done the last three weeks, offensively and defensively, uh, has been pretty fun to watch. And just keep it going. This is the time, the end of the season, where you want to continue that rise, continue to get better, and keep you know playing at that level that you are that they've been playing. Uh, they had that little lull in the middle of the season uh, uh-huh. with Washington and Indianapolis. And now they're on that rise, that steady rise, especially at the perfect time of the season. So uh, definitely fun to see. But uh, we will be doing a post-game recap um, probably like we did the Giants uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday night. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, keep an eye out. Uh, we got some things in the works, uh, so definitely keep an eye 
uh, on all the socials. Uh, we'll be posting some stuff. So definitely keep your eye out. Uh, we have some stuff planned. Uh, hopefully some announcements coming soon. But again, check out, as we always do every Wednesday, uh, AT Birds Weekly Report on Wednesdays, our post-game recap shows uh, after the games. Uh, also check out Birds, Beers, and BS, uh, uh, Peanut and Jeff. Uh, I believe they're doing either Thursday or Friday. Uh, so keep an eye on them. Uh, put the notifications on so you can get notified anytime someone um, goes live uh, across the pitch. They The World Cup is, is still going on. It's towards the final stages. Uh, so definitely the final game is set. It's Argentina versus mm, France. There we go. And, um, you know, with that, hopefully we get a nice W come Sunday. But uh, we always end every show with a very happy and a positive and joyous. Go, go Birds. This is Matt Ware. Hey, for all the Eagle content you need, go follow All About the Birds. They do a damn thing. Check them out. Hey, Eagles fans. I may be in Tampa, but I know where to find the best Eagles content out there. Check out my friends at All About the Birds. Philadelphia, what's up? This is your boy, Freddie Mitchell, a.k.a. Fred X. It's all about the bird. All birds, all the time. All birds, all the time. All About the Birds provides you with weekly analysis, game recaps, informative interviews, and it's all birds, all the time.